On April 20th, Duluth broke our all-time seasonal snowfall record, topping the 135.4 inches that fell in winter 1995-96. to As of 2.30 a.m. on April 20th, we'd had 135.8 inches, exceeding the record by 0.4 inches with snow still falling. By 7 a.m., when the Weather Service posts their official numbers each day, the total was up to 137.1 inches. I'm writing this in mid-afternoon. All day, we've been getting a wintry mix of rain, sleet, and snow. On our short drive to the library this morning, seven robins alighted momentarily on the busy road in front of Walter and me and flew off, wings coated with ice. And at this very moment, with ice pelting against my windows, my yard is teeming with juncos, fox song and American tree sparrows, grackles, and rusty blackbirds. I've gone out several times to scatter more millet for them. The weather has been lethal for loons. The Raptor Education Group in Antigo, Wisconsin, sent out an alert today saying that during the past two days, many loons have been falling to land and small ponds and reminding people that loons absolutely cannot take off again unless they can run for a good quarter of a mile on water. I posted their instructions for safely helping grounded loons on today's blog entry. But whenever one of these lethal spring ice storms happens, a handful of people continue to yell that it's proof that climate change is fake. We've always had bad weather events, right? For example, on the night of March 13, 1904, heavy, wet snow hit Minnesota and Iowa, killing at least 750,000 Lapland longspurs on two small Minnesota lakes alone, with an equal number killed in a nearby town. Climate change is not about single winters nor any individual extreme weather events. It's about how many more extreme weather events occur every year now. The increasing numbers of fires, floods, droughts, tornadoes, and hurricanes are making insurance companies refuse policies in more and more areas. In Alaska last year, I saw firsthand how spruce forests have worked their way into to more and more areas that had been tundra for thousands of years, helping moose to thrive even as caribou decline. Canada jay adults store food all fall and winter to feed their young who hatch in early spring. Now every year many of their nestlings die because the parents' hordes rotted during winter thaws. The long-term effects of climate change on birds are exacerbated because of so many other kinds of human-caused mortality. How can species have surplus populations to bounce back from disasters when about a billion birds are killed at our windows every year and another billion are killed by cats? And then there are habitat destruction, pesticides, declining numbers of the insects so many birds 
birds need, collisions with cars, oil spills, train derailments. The problems facing birds are so big and so deep and so tall that sometimes I despair. But my little grandson is counting on the adults in his life for his very future, so throwing my hands up in despair is a luxury I can't afford. Russ and I bought a heat pump last fall. It saved a lot of BTUs this winter and a lot of money on our gas bill, but because electricity is much more expensive than gas, we're paying more money for that energy. We're finally investing in solar panels that'll go in the spring. They won't pay for themselves money-wise during our lifetimes, but this is not a financial investment. It's an investment in Walter's future and the future of the birds we love. As James Baldwin said, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.